Yer. Welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA Division I athlete, and the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is former collegiate soccer player Rafael Abreu. Rafa played his collegiate years at Stony Brook University, finishing his career third best in Division I program history and goals with 19. A pure goal scorer with tremendous strength and size, Rafa led the Seawolves in scoring his sophomore year en route to being named second team All-America East and America East Championship All-Tournament team. With a knack for scoring game winners, Rafa earned multiple accolades, including America East Co-Player of the Week, College Soccer News National Team of the Week, and BigAppleSoccer.com Goal of the Week. Prior to leading Stony Brook to two America East championships, Rafa was a two-time captain and team MVP at Eleanor Roosevelt High School in New York City, scoring 54 goals and adding 30 assists in his four years. A 2013 graduate with a bachelor's degree in business administration, management, and operations, Rafa currently works as an international senior care advisor at Memorial Sloan Kettering Center and is a proud father of his three-year-old daughter. Rafa, welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. Greg, thank you so much for having me. And how's everything going? Good, good. Rafa and I, man, I was just talking. We were talking before. As Susie came on, I was like, man, how's the family? How's your brother? Like, Rafa and I go go way back, man. Way, way back, back, bro, so. to like uh, 12, 10 years old, I remember. <laughs> Arvindale days, Arvindale, Brooklyn Italian. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so Auburndale being the club team that that I uh, that the boyhood team that I played for mm-hmm. growing up, and then uh, Rafa playing for, uh, like you said, Brooklyn Italians. I'm going to take it back to Asphalt Green, Asphalt Green, Asphalt yes, Green, sir. and uh, that was like that was like a you know I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll get on that, but then you know we ended up kind of joining forces. And um and joining BW Gachi, yeah, and um and some some solid memories there. But yeah, but one thing I remember about Rafa was like, I got I got to give a shout out to Raul, Rafa's older brother. I mean, Rafa did not, (laughs) and like like you didn't see Rafa without seeing Raul, and 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 Raul didn't. I don't think he played, but but he was just he was always, or maybe he did play. Raul, Raul was nice. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know, you don't see it because you know he's on the heavier side. But growing up, <laughs> up until about 16, 17, Raul was like both feet automatic free kicks. Okay, kick. okay. Yeah, like, I, I never see him play. Most mm-hmm. of the time, he was he was in the stands, kind of, and 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 he was a you know big time, big time fan. Like like yeah, he would come supporter, to the games, big supporter, absolutely. And yeah. and Rafa's a brother, and also his father too. He was sitting mm-hmm. with his father. I was always there. And uh, and Rafael is 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 Brazilian, so mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe you could tell by the name Rafael. So shout yeah. out, shout out uh-huh. there, but... shout out Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, man, listen, it's been um, you know I think I, I think I, I ran into Rafa. We were talking about it. I ran into Rafa walking up Second Avenue. So so Rafa hails from from New York City, Manhattan. Yeah, born and raised uh, Manhattan. Yes, yes. <laughs> and. Uh, but he's out. He's out in the burbs in a little bit now. Not not too much of the burbs. Mm-hmm. He, I think you said Valley Stream, which is Valley which is yeah. yeah, right on the right on the border of right the crust, Valley, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but but in Long Island. And he mentioned, man, once he once he went to college, attending Stony Brook, and you know he kind of got the feeling of of the burbs and and having a house. He was like, man, I can't do I can't do the city no more. So <laughs> no, man, I needed a house. Needed a house for sure. Yeah, Incredible. man. 
And I also brought up your, um, you know, I do have to give a shout out to, to your daughter, man. And, and, and I just, I, I follow you on Instagram and, and mm-hmm. I, I just want to give a shout out to you as well. You're just always posting, posting with her and, and, uh, you know, you, you definitely a proud father, man. It's, it's yeah, for sure, man. For me that doesn't have kids yet. It's something that's, that's so cool to see. I love that you, you celebrate her a lot, man. And I, I just love that. That's, that's good to see. Man. I, I appreciate it, man. It's a blessing. It's been great being a father, you know, um, as you know, as growing up, I always loved being around kids, playing with kids, and you know, just being around them and having my daughter on my own now. It's it's great. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. And listen, man, there's 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 so much to to get into in terms of you know stories and 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 uh, and and some of our history together. So, listen, man, let's just get right into it. I'm sure we're going to touch on a lot of different things here. So. You know, why don't we just start off with with you telling me a little bit about how you got into soccer and uh, and what initiated your love for the sport? Um, so obviously, as you said, I'm Brazilian, so it's in our blood. You know, in Brazil, soccer and religion are, are one and two, and then you know, family, everything else. But soccer is huge. So growing up, um, going to Brazil with my family, you know, we always be playing on the streets with the with the local kids, and then when we're back here in the states, going to my brother's games, watching him play going to the field with him and my dad. So just from a, a young age, as soon as I could start walking in the, playing in the apartment, like you said, in the city, just kicking the ball back and forth. My brother, you know, our parents would get upset. So we, you know, my dad would make us little balls out of socks. You know, we just go playing, you know, we put the chairs, be our goals and go one-on-one against each other or take penalty kicks on each other, you know? So just from a very young age, just supporting my brother going to his games and obviously being Brazilian. Yeah. Um, it's in our blood. It's in our DNA. Yeah, yeah, and I, I had another Brazilian on this podcast, one of my earlier episodes, Leo Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah, shout um, out Leo. <laughs> who, Rafa, I, I just I just felt like the, the Brazilians found a way to connect because because Leo Leo grew up in, in North Babylon, far, 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 pretty far out in Long Island, mm-hmm. and, and Rafa grew up in the city. But man, like especially when we got to to the Gachi gays, like you two were just like inseparable. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, we go back. I remember playing Leo like. Um, when I was on my asphalt green days, he was on Istria, you know, he was the other Brazilian kid on the team, you know, we'd talk, our parents would talk, you know, but we were never too close, you know, we were just friends, we knew each other, obviously, and um, then we joined forces at the Brooklyn Knights, and since then, you know, we've just been boys for life. No, I love that. I love that. And y'all both ended up going into college together, which we'll mm-hmm. definitely get to. Shout out Stony Money. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> I know the deal. I know the deal. So, um, but I did want to touch on, I did want to touch on Asphalt Green because, you know, that's, that's honestly, you, you were the standout player on Asphalt Green. So mm-hmm. Asphalt Green, and, and, and you can, you can obviously correct me because I actually don't know where, where the name comes from. I know that um, there's a field like there's a there's like a complex called Asphalt uh-huh. Green, and I, I believe that's where the name came from. It, it's in like I a, think so too. To be quite honest, I don't know the history of where that. You know, I never even really thought of it. I just you know Asphalt Green. Hey, we go to Asphalt Green. There's a pool. There's a gym. You know, there's basketball yeah. courts. You know, there's a huge field in the middle of the city. I was just like, I like you know, parents signed us up, and and that's where it all started for us. Asphalt Green. Uh, yeah, huge, yeah. Huge soccer field in the middle of the skyscrapers, you know? Because there was, you know, there was, especially growing up in, in New York City, there was, you know, there was there was a couple teams. I, I think a lot of the Manhattan kids ended up going to, to teams in the in the outer boroughs outside of Manhattan. But, but you know, new, like Manhattan soccer teams were um, were pretty solid. I mean, growing mm-hmm. up, you had teams like Manhattan Kickers. You had Dust, Dust which started yeah. for a downtown United Soccer Club. You had Asphalt Green. And I always remember playing Asphalt Green because of you. I was like, mm-hmm. for one, mm-hmm. everyone's going to see the picture when i post this but rafa is rafa is is no small dude rafa and he's been like that since since young i mean 
like a forward up top and just a beast. And like, I just remember you towering over little kids, like, like, especially when we were younger growing up, like eight, nine, 10, that was the asphalt green days. And, and, and y'all would wear green and white. I, mm-hmm. I believe I remember that. And, and we would do some tournaments there at asphalt green. And, and we didn't know anything about the team except like me and my dad would be like, man, they got that big. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, those tournaments were actually super lit, man. I love those tournaments. Yeah. I remember yeah. Them. They, 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 we didn't start them until like, a few, like my brother never got to play in them and he was there from when he he started eight years old you know like we had them i think like the first couple of years were like when i was 10 or 12 is when we started having them over the summer and those, those were amazing i remember one year i even um was so excited i helped the coach do the lines for the tournament yeah, <laughs> i the love that great listen i i do some personal training on the side and i i train a, a high school aged uh uh high school age kid in in like downtown manhattan but we go to the asphalt green battery park field and every time okay. i put it in my in my gps asphalt green i think of you bro so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and what what do you think you know just kind of Tell me your what, what do you think was your most favorite childhood sports memory? Like, if there's just something that stands out in your mind, what, what do you think? What do you think that would be? Um, you know, as a, as a player or as, or as like a fan, you think as a player, as, as a, a player, player in your playing days, it's just something that stands out to you. Is you're like, yeah, I would never forget this. I'll never forget when we were on Gotcha, you and I together, and um, we were at Nike Friendlies yeah, in yeah. Um, in North Carolina, and we we played the national team, the U seventeen national team. You know, for one, that was the biggest crowd I had played in. I had played in front of. You know, like literally, all the teams were there to watch. A bunch of people. Obviously, they weren't there to watch us. They were there to watch the national team. But it was great, and I remember scoring, even though it was the luckiest goal ever. You, you can you can vouch for that. I don't know how I scored that. You know, um, but you know, just scoring and being able to celebrate, and then us coming out with the two-two result was was great. That's something I'll never, I'll definitely never forget. Man, I was I was hoping you brought that up. And oh, for listen, sure. I'm 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 gonna blow up your spot a little bit. So you know, uh, uh, for one, Ra- Rafa was super excited to do this. Uh, I, you know, I got to give a shout out to to him for just how quickly he was responding to to my emails and things. But you know, so he responded and he responded to it was a real blurry picture of his celebration when he scored against the national <laughs> team. And he goes, "Yo, I'm definitely talking about this." <laughs> yeah. I knew I could have skipped that question because I was no. like, if "That's not your most favorite." childhood sports memory i don't know what is but it was um like you said nike friendlies you know it's 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 got you i mean don't get me wrong we were good but you know we were definitely you know a little intimidated playing against the national team that was a big that was like a big match for us you know Mm -hmm. because i mean those 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 kids are just quality i mean this is you know the national team best players in in the u.s at at their age group at the time i remember i was playing defense i was i was marking Oh gosh! <clears throat> I know you're talking about number nine, right? I forgot yes, his name yes. Too. Oh my gosh! It just it just blanked. But for one, I mean, I mean, Suni Saad, I believe, was on that team. Um, in goal was was Earl Edwards. Earl Edwards, yeah, yeah which is yeah. um, you know, he's he's you know, he went on to to UCLA, I believe, had a good career there. I think he's um, in the pro somewhere now in MLS. Yes. Oh, the, yeah. and the forward I was marking was Stefan Jerome. Yes, Stefan yes, Jerome. Yes, sir. That's what his name. Yep. Man, so I, I think to this day. Um, probably just just like in a match probably the best player i've played against i mean his speed was unreal so you know we're playing against these teams and, and they i mean they they're coming in hot i mean they're they're not holding back on us but mm-hmm. at the same time like we're real gritty we're from new york like it is what it is exactly. so rafa scores uh i don't know was it was it like bro, i was gonna say it was I a banger was a, but uh, no it was not at all bro it wasn't a it banger wasn't, no no um orlando scored he chipped the goalie for, in the yes. first half i think i can't remember if we went up one zero if it was one one but my goal bro 
the right back went to play it to the goalie, and I went to pressure the goalie, and the goalie didn't know what to do. It wasn't Earl at the time. I guess he got subbed out. But mm. um, the goalie, like, let it go past him and, like, right in between us, and I just tapped it in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't no banger, bro, but I celebrated. I celebrated, I celebrated it was a banger. <laughs> That's for sure. Because one, no, one thing that Rafa had growing up was he had – Probably easily the the most powerful shot that I've seen growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this man would rip a hole through the net. Like, I feel like I remember one goal where you you, you shot it and like your shoe came off, and at one oh. point you were like holding up the shoe, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. That definitely happened. I think it happened with the Knights, and I think Samuel held it up. Okay, it yes, yes, yeah. yes, right. So, um, and and Rafa always, Rafa always had had, I think, a typical Brazilian style. And and for anyone that 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 knows or, or watch even Brazil in this last World Cup, you know that they like to celebrate when they score. I mean, you've seen the uh, the dancing, the moves. You know, we're talking sure. players like you know Vinicius and 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 Neymar and and all of them. I mean, they love the dancing and Rafa. Always had his his signature was you know just getting down on his knees and pointing up to yeah. the air, two hands yeah, in the I air. Do love that. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I th- I'm sure I did that after I scored that goal too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the picture that you sent me, and, and yeah, he was yeah. coming over. So, man, but like. You know, for for all the gotcha guys listening out there, um, you know, we all know that this is one of our most favorite memories. Because honestly, like I, I sometimes I forget that we tied because it felt mm-hmm. like a win. Like it, it honestly like felt a win, like a win. Like you said, two two, and I always think it's three two that we won, but yeah. we actually tied. But listen, that was big time for us. I think that our, was huge, and they were also getting win. ready for a World Cup. I think that summer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think they were getting ready for a World Cup. Uh, I, I can't remember how they did. Um, I remember Dom went, actually went to the World Cup. He was on our team. Right. Um, right. Dom Sorrow, who I Dom had on this Sorrow, podcast yeah. as well. Nice. Yeah. nice. No, that's a great memory. I'm so glad you brought yeah. that up. Oh, home. for <laughs> sure, man. That's one of my, you know, it's one I'll tell forever. Toward against the national team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and like you said, you grew up in a, you know, Brazilian culture um, where, where, you know, soccer was was definitely life. So, you know, what was your what was your dream? What did you ultimately want to accomplish in the future with soccer? Um, obviously, uh, like a bunch of us, you know, growing up, we, we, we play not just for fun. We played it because we want to make it a career, you know. So my, my goal was 100% to to become a pro player, be able to, you know, make make money to be able to tell my parents, hey, you, you, you supported me so much when I was younger. Like, here's a house. Here's this. You can you can live in Brazil. You can, you know, get, you know, they don't have to, you know, the American dream is over for you guys, you know. Um, chasing that American dream is, is over. I was That was my goal was really to be able to make a career out of it, make good money and be able to support them financially and really what I, my main goal as it was obviously making it pro but being able to play for our local team in brazil mm. you know it's called atletico mineiro like my dad that's the that was my my first like true sports team love is atletico mineiro from from brazil in our in our hometown of belo horizonte and like my dad diehard fan like you know like he'll he'll like miss whatever to just to watch that game you know yeah, you know, no, if they're absolutely. playing, he, he's in front of the TV watching every single game, <laughs> not missing. Like, until this day, he doesn't miss a game. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like, for me, it's a little tougher to, to be able to watch games, but, like, even got, like, a little Brazilian box to be able to watch all those games. But, you know, to be my main goal was to, to be able to play for them, you know, and, and hear the fans chant my name, you know, and just make my dad proud. That was yeah. undoubtedly my um, main goal. 
No, that's so that's and that's yeah. that's so cool to hear too. And and I had another uh, a guest on previously, David Diosa, who mentioned um, something similar. Like his goal mm-hmm. was to play for his hometown cl- team in, in Colombia, and 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 it it wasn't you know it's 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 your hometown team. It may not be the you know the biggest. It's not a Santos mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. it's it, it, which is a big time team in Brazil. It was your hometown team, and and even amongst the you know the the dreams to play for. You know that the Real Madrid, Barcelona play in in Europe. You know it's it's nice that you you had that dream to yeah. to really kind of play for that hometown club. So I think that's a love that like that's that would be a dream come true. And and you see it a lot actually with 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 um especially with South American players. I mean, you see players like Luis Suarez like ending his career going back to his team in Uruguay mm-hmm. where he first started, right? And it's just that that just like hometown love that I feel like you can't separate for sure. Yeah, Suarez is actually in Brazil now playing. He plays for Grêmio. Okay. Okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, but like you said, you got to go back home to to play for that team. He probably would have stayed if they would have um made the. I'm not too sure if they made the, you know, like the the South American Champions League Libertadores. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure he would have he would have stayed if they would have continued. Um, but yeah, and just so you know, Atletico is a big team too. Don't try to violate. <laughs> <laughs> That's my. Yeah, <laughs> see, I don't know. I don't know the teams yeah. in Brazil. You got to see how thirty. Dino oh, yeah? played there. Okay. Yeah. He, he okay. won the, the the South American Champions League with us. Okay, and what's the team name again? Say it one more time. Atlético Mineiro. They're known as Mineiro. You know, Mineiro. Like people okay. call them Mineiro. All right, yeah. all right. Now listen, I I only know like two or three in Brazil. Yeah, so yeah. listen, correct, so correct me, correct me. Yeah, yeah. Nah, but <laughs> so, that was a dream for sure. Nice, nice. And and listen, like like I said, you were. Uh, an absolute like force up top, like dominant forward. Uh, I remember just anytime. I mean, you were you were a staple in in that forward position for 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 Gachi, BW Gachi, our um, our club team when we were in our teenage teenage years. And um, like I said, um, powerful, fast. You always had long strides too, like mm-hmm. the Rafa run. Like you yeah, know, when, when he took run. off, I mean, it yeah. was like a he was, it was he slow. Was going. Started the first the first ten steps were slow. But once catch me at twenty, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, and and then you went on to uh, to Stony Brook, where, like I said, you finished. Um, I believe it's third most in Division One history for goals. And 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 at one point, I was looking at one of the interviews from your former coach. He described you as just a natural goal scorer, which you definitely were. So you know, you definitely had many different high points in in your career. But tell me if there's a specific point where like. You know, you felt like you were like the highest in your career, where maybe playing in that in that in that stadium, Brazil, them chanting your name, maybe felt somewhat realistic, or like you felt like, man, I'm not too far from that. Was there any point in your career overall where you felt like, man, I'm at my best right now? Um, to be honest, I, I, it has to be my my sophomore year. You know, like my like the, after that sophomore year, I was like, wow, okay, the, I, just, I I I got the ball. My freshman year was a little slow, you know. I didn't do do what I wanted, but um, I didn't do how I wanted to do, you know. But that sophomore year, you know, I led the team in goals. I did well, and I was super fit, you know, fittest I've ever been because, um, you know, fitness was always a problem for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, after that sophomore year, I was like, wow, uh, th- this is possible. Now, two more years, finish it strong, work hard, and um, and see what happens. You know, yeah. I really thought that was where I thought I was at my highest for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and I mentioned Stony Money, which was which was I think what you all called. I don't even know. Like I think I might just seen y'all call it on. Uh, yeah, is there you a story? story? Tell me yeah, the story. There is, there is the of story. course. So um, obviously you know Young Money, of course. You know, <laughs> so Young Money started with Bedrock when we were freshmen. You know, like Bedrock. That's when that whole like Young Money thing started. Okay. And so there was about twelve of us, twelve freshmen, and like 
there were about twelve freshmen and like fourteen newcomers to the seat to the team. So it was like a complete revamp. Stony Brook did like our freshman year. Um, there weren't that like there were a few seniors, like like one junior or something like that. And so we were like, yo, like like we love Young Money. Why don't we just start calling ourselves um Stony Money? Yeah. And then we just did, and then it stuck, bro. It stuck. Like we would go to parties like at at school and be like. Like the, the the girls and like the, the other teams would be like, oh, Stony Money's here, you know? And we're like, wow, like this is really like this really stuck. Like the volleyball girls would be like, yo, Stony Money. I'm oh, like, wow, and so then it just great. stuck, and then we put it, you know, like we put it on our status, you know, and stuff. Absolutely. And that's so nice. Yeah, that's real cool. That's real cool. Because like, yeah. like I said, I I think I just I I don't even know. Like I didn't even know that there was a story to it. You know, I just, yeah, it just I wasn't came sure from young if it, money. Was, it just came from Young Money. Okay, yeah. and um, yeah, I think I would always just see because you know, and and you guys were for one. <clears throat> I mentioned it in your intro, but you won two America East championships, which is like I'm just going to point out there. That's not easy to go to the NCAA tournament twice after winning. You know, two of mm-hmm. your conference championships because. When you're in those like, you know, maybe like smaller to mid conferences, like, you know, as as I'm sure anyone watching maybe even like college basketball would know, like you're only getting to the NCAA tournament or, or if you win that conference. Right. Right. Um, and, and to win that twice, to go to the NCAA tournament two of your four years um, mm-hmm. is, is that's that's definitely big time. And that's not easy to do. And I want to point out that you all had like a like a real tight knit group. Like I just felt that from the outside, you know, and I yeah. know a lot of you all still hang out to this day and, and I see pictures at, at Leo's wedding. And, and that, I think that's how I saw like mm-hmm. Stony money, like Stony yeah. money reunites and all yeah. that good stuff. But uh, you guys were, you guys were nice. And you guys, like, like I said, you could tell the family feel from like, from afar. I think on that team, I was always looking at y'all like, like, damn, like mm-hmm. there's no, no wonder they're good. Yeah. Like, they it, just it have that it. chemistry. Yeah, it made it easy because, you know, like I said, there were 12 freshmen. So it's not like, you know, yeah. like you, usually when a, a new incoming class comes, it's like four or five max. But they really brought 12 of us. So, like, we, like there were even days in practice where we'd do freshmen and newcomers against the rest, everybody who's been there already. Okay. You know, so, okay. like, we would scrimmage each other. So, like, we were just, like, super tight from – because we were together. You know, we were freshmen. Our freshman year, like, we, we came in. We took all the classes together. That's what the – academic um advisor did for us they put us all together so we were not only were we were practice together but we were going to classes together we were having meals together and we really just became like a brotherhood you know and we yeah. still do we still, and i'm still close with with a lot of a lot of the guys still you know um especially leo and, and my boy antonio um nice. and then even someone when we were freshmen there were two seniors that you know got really close to us damien and james my two boys um so you know we, we're still very close till this day Nice, nice. No, I love that. I love that. Like yeah. that was that was very apparent. So that's um like I said, that that's rare to find. So that's great. So you mentioned, you know, you're you probably like your highest point was um was that sophomore year. You're leading the team in goals and you went on to have a great, you know, just just overall collegiate career. You know, was there kind of like a specific moment where you realized like, yeah, my my playing days are coming to an end? Like like for you, was it you know, was it at your very last game? Because I I know that you I don't believe you went on to play after college. So for you, was it was it that very last game in college, or for you, did it did it kind of hit you before, or maybe even hit you like a little bit afterwards in terms of like, yeah, like it's like I'm gonna hang up these boots, man. So it, it literally almost while I was in college, it uh, it hit me to the point where I was like, damn, I may have to transfer out of Stony Brook because um. There, my sophomore year, you know, we had our coach Cesar Markovich. Yeah. And then over the winter, he called me and just told me like, "Hey, I'm leaving Stony Brook. I'm going somewhere else." Um, I think he said, "I'm going to Siena." Mm-hmm. And so my initial thought is like, "Damn, am I going to Siena with Caesar? Am I staying here with my with my friends?" You know. 
Like, what am I, what am I going to do? Am I going to, you know, is the new coach going to come in and love me just as much as Caesar did? Or, or am I going to have to, you know, so I was, I didn't know what to do. So junior, uh, senior, se- oh, sorry, sophomore year comes in the spring, you know, the coach, the new coach comes and came from South Florida. He was assistant at South Florida, great trainer, great coach. But, you know, um, I, there was something I think he didn't, you know, that he, I think he wanted to push me more, you know, because he, he saw me, I was on my high horse and he was like, no, like, there's like, I'm here now. I have to not humble you, but I have to, you know, like, you're going to have to show me now. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, um, went to my junior year, fresh, uh, sorry, my junior year um, preseason. I came in, I was not, I, you know, I wasn't as fit as where he wanted us to be because with Caesar, I was still playing. I was getting fit through playing games. Right. You know, with this coach, he wanted you to be fit before you could play. He had a certain standard that I wasn't used to because with Caesar, it was, you know, he was going to play me and you were going to get fit playing games. You know, gotcha. he, he gave me that comfort. And um, with this new coach, he came in and I wasn't fit at all. Like, like I wasn't fit to his standard. Obviously not to a standard that, that you know, a, a nine should be trying to play a full 90. Right. Um, right. But so we would scrimmage in preseason and I would be... Um, the reserve of the reserves. Mm. So like they would be playing 11 on 11 and I would be a sub for the reserve team. Mm. And, I, and that's when I was like, wow, like I just went from last year leading the team in goals to now sitting on the side while they're scrimmaging, you know? Mm. So, so, so that was tough for me. I was like, okay, like, am I going to have to transfer? Am I, is like, is it, is it, am I going to have to just stop playing soccer, focus on something else? Luckily I was able to fight for my spot, get fit, you know, and, and everything and, and start playing, you know, and playing under this new coach. But like you said, I didn't really play after after college. You know, like I went to a USL combine. Um, unfortunately, I got hurt a few weeks before, you know, I, I popped my calf muscle and um, I couldn't run to get fit. All I was doing was swimming, mm. you know, for this combine. And then after that, when I didn't get any calls, I was like, all right, you know, maybe it's not really meant to be like, you know, there, there aren't that many opportunities as there are today. You know, like I feel like for for kids coming up today, there's a lot more opportunities to be able to make it pro. Yeah. Um, but I think like after that USL comment, and also in that moment in college where I had to fight for my spot, I was like, hmm, maybe maybe this isn't you know maybe you're you're not at that high horse where you thought you were. Gotcha. You know. Gotcha. Yeah, that's so interesting, and that's that's a good point that you bring up because you know I I, I think a maybe people people realize but when you have a change in coach you know that that can change everything um you know and and again not to, not to reference college basketball but uh but just something that that I that I watch a lot these days mm-hmm. and um you see it all the time especially now that that you know you can transfer to a school and play right away like you know like when we were playing you had to sit out a year and there were certain rules especially if you want to transfer in conference so but now you can basically transfer anywhere and play right away so you see it a lot of times that like a coach leaves and 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 the uh, the athletes leave with them, you know, mm-hmm, or, or her, mm-hmm. um, because it's it's really like y- you really kind of cre- you 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 already have a bond, especially because the recruitment process is pretty intense, right? Like I remember my college coach at Providence came to one of my high school games on just like it was it was a it was just a shitty grass field in Alley Pond Park, and <laughs> and man, and and he and he came with his assistant coach and. And I showed out that game. Like I didn't care that the that the grass was trash. I was just like, man, I'm gonna show out. And the fact that and and he took me and my dad out to, you know, to dinner afterwards and mm-hmm. we had a real kind of full on discussion. And I was like, man, like this man came from, you know, Providence, Rhode Island to this random field in Queens to watch you play a yeah. high school game, which wasn't even the best quality. So that's just an example of like 
the connections that you create with a coach, especially 100%. when they're recruiting, and 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 that's a big decision when when you're making your uh, when you're making that final decision on where to go to college. It's it's kind of like, am I gonna play right? Like, and I remember mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to the conversations my dad had with me, and he was like, you know, you want to go where you're gonna play right away, like, 100%. and 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 it, that was all based on the coach, right? So when you you know, when that, when, when you went through anybody playing that goes through a, a transition of coach, you just never know, like, you know, you're, and it has nothing to do with the, it has maybe it, I mean, it has something to do with the player, but it's also like, it's more the coaching style and like what the coach is looking for. And when, like you said, like the, you know, the coach had kind of a different standard when it came to fitness as your previous mm-hmm, coach. So mm-hmm. there's different things when a new coach comes in that, that kind of makes it, makes it hard for you. But I would say, you know, kind of going back to that, how did you, you know, how did you kind of, cause I'm sure that that was, that was tough, you know, was there, any sort of like methods or anything that you did to kind of like, you know, kind of cope with that? Um, you know, did you ever get to that lowest point where you were like, man, like close to even giving it up or even, you know, considering transferring? Yeah, like, and how did you... I definitely considered transferring, especially after that, um, after that preseason, I was like, you know, our first game of the season, we go into overtime and I play the first 10 minutes of the overtime and that's it. I didn't play the full night. I didn't play any of the ninety. I come in and I and I did uh, you know I, I think I did well but I had ten minutes he didn't even let me play the second overtime you know I played ten minutes and thought I did well you know and then after that I was like okay I have to I have to show him that I want to play in practice and I have to either suck it up and and you know don't pout about it because I want to view my boys you know a big reason why I didn't transfer was because I wanted to stay with my friends yeah you know and also another thing it was close to home you know long like Stony Brook isn't isn't that I mean, it's pretty far from the city, but, you know, it was an hour, an hour and a half mm-hmm. ride from my parents. They were always out there. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it had to do with being with my friends and, and you know, just sucking it up and and fighting and fighting for my spot, showing the coach that I deserve to play. You know, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a, a fluke last year. You know, I'm a good player, and, and, I, and I did do that. You know, towards the end, I was starting some games, and then my senior year, I got to play more. But there were definitely an oppor- definitely moments where I was like, should I transfer? Should I reach out to Caesar? Should I see what he thinks? What like you know? But mm. I never did. You know, I just mm. really suck it out and and um, fought for my spot. Yeah, yeah. And that's listen, man. I I, I went through that myself. I mean, as a, as a transfer student myself, and mm-hmm. and that was that was to this day still one of the hardest decisions I ever made. So and it's sure. just there's just so many like you like you said you you think about the 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 positives and the negatives, right? And and maybe mm-hmm. from a soccer standpoint, you were like leaning towards transferring but it was it was the family that kept you home exactly. right and yeah and that and, and as a you know 18 19 20 year old like that, that's a lot of emotions to go yeah. through you know yeah. and, and especially you know soccer for a lot of us was was the release right and mm-hmm. and and if you're not on the field and you're not getting the minutes that you think i mean that's that's a lot to, to kind of go through so you know do you and and there was you know many different and you mentioned you know uh, that, you, that I, I believe you mentioned like an injury afterwards and yeah. and different things like that and and you know is is there any sort of is there any sort of blame that that you kind of put on yourself maybe for not and sort of like reaching any of the go- like the goals or not I won't say any of the goals but maybe like that goal that 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 you set your mind to when you were younger of 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 you know playing in Brazil and and, and or maybe even just you know playing professional is there anything that that you look back to that you kind of put a little blame on yourself um or do you just think it was you know just kind of like circumstances and, and that's just the way it worked out um a hundred percent there's one thing that i always tell myself that i like i wish if i could go back in time this is where i would go back in time i was um 14 and i was 
playing in Brazil over the summer, you know, like I went for, for, to like visit my family and stuff. And I was like, you know, let me, let me just um, continue playing. So I played on one of the little club teams there, you know. It was actually funny. The, the, the name of the team was, was America, which is obviously changed to America. And so, like, they would be like, oh, look, the Americans here. You know, they would call me, like, you know, whatever. And so I, I would – we would scrimmage. I think we had to practice, like, two or three times a week. I, we, it would just, we would just scrimmage the whole time. And the first time they put me on, like, the A team, you know, they put me with, like, the A team forward. And, and they saw that I was like, wow, like, these two kids are, are good together. You know, they thought I was going to be like, you know, they were, like, kids from America. He doesn't know how to play soccer. So I, wherever we play, you know, and then we went to, to, to scrimmage one of the, the, like, the local teams there. And um, – scrimmage like another team from from out of the country it ended up being um a manhattan soccer club team that was there i would go to brazil every summer with um some coach um wilson he would take his team there and like i step on the field and like ready to play and i'm playing against these kids these americans they're like rafa what are you doing here it was so funny (laughs) you know um but like after that game like the head coach who was there who wasn't really at the training he was just at this like they just picked a few a select few players to play this game and he was he was telling me you stay here i'm gonna take you to go try out for for um for one of the bigger teams, you know, you could say like, that the bigger teams is where like they eat, breathe, and sleep soccer, training every day, school, you know, like they live in the in the dorms there, you know, everything like that. And he was like, stay and and you know everything will be good. We'll take care of you. And um, I just I said no. I said no. I, I regret it so much. You know, I was like, yeah. I don't want to live away from mom and dad. Yeah. I was four. That was thirteen going on fourteen that summer. I was a little kid, but that's when they make the soccer players. That's when they know if the kids are gonna make it or not. At yeah. an early age, you know, 13, 14, 15, you know, like there's, there's kids in Brazil at 16, they're already playing pro, right? you know? Right. And so that's definitely um, one of my biggest regrets is not staying in Brazil, you know? Because even if I wouldn't have made it, I would have had that opportunity to, to I wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been that what if. There isn't that what if, you know? I would have went and tried out and, and, you know, being able to play soccer every day at that high level would have been able to help with my fitness. They would have been able to, you know, implement the right things in, in into me and, who knows what would have happened? Yeah, you know, I'm not yeah. saying I would have went pro. I mean, I think I think I had everything. I had every all the attributes, all the, the ability. You know, especially as a as a as a big, fast, strong forward. Right. You know, they they compared me to Adriano there. Yes. You know? so, yes. <laughs> you know? so, oh, that's a great. So that comparison. Love, you know, yeah, honestly, like you know, because I was I was trying to think of I was trying to think of like a like a big, strong, like tall. Brazilian mm-hmm. forward that I could compare you to, and I was, I was, you know, for so I, I mm-hmm. couldn't think of Adriano, but yeah. Adriano, no, legends, you know, Inter, Inter Milan, mm-hmm. uh, and and, Inter, and yeah. other teams as well, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, 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 no, I think that's uh, that's yeah, that's what they, that's what they call comparison. me, you know, Adriano. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what, and, nice. and I wish I would have stayed. You know, that's yeah. one of my biggest regrets, one hundred percent, when it comes to to my soccer career, is I wish I would have stayed there and lived with my aunt. You know, gotcha. um, but unfortunately, I can't go back, but. If I could, if I had a little crystal ball, magic ball, that would be the one moment in time where I would go back and and see what would happen. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. And and listen, I think there's the the idea of like going abroad and playing abroad, especially you know when we're growing up, as is 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 always enticing. I mean, it's always enticing just because soccer, for the most part, is 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 a lot more popular in a lot of other countries, and and then the, the competition in some, especially in in different countries in South America, Europe, wherever it may be, is um, maybe a little bit better than the competition here. And and you think you know you're always going to dream big, right? And think about the the, the kind of what ifs and, and and things like that, but you know, um, kind of going into into your just general transition process, you know, and and I'm I'm curious because it sounds like your transition process was was kind of similar to mine, just in terms mm-hmm. of like the like the post playing career because I I had 
I believe I had one tryout um, with uh, with the New York Red Bulls, like U23 team. I got that mm-hmm. through some connect and and I tried out and I didn't make it. And then I just remember like, I remember I wasn't driving at the time because I grew up in New York City where like we didn't get license, your driver's license until like 23, right? So- Bro, I got it. <laughs> the only reason I got my driver's license was because I was having a baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the only reason. Right, I, right, right. I was forced so, to by her mom. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, one of the best decisions. Right. So uh, I remember I went to this yeah. trial. I'm like 22 and, and it's post-college and, and I took the bus and, and it was, huh. it was a trip. I, I don't remember like where, but like where, where New York Red Bulls facilities are is, um, I'll tell you, I don't think, I don't, I don't believe the facilities were actually that close to public transportation. Uh-huh. Like I took some random bus imagine. and, and I just, I just remember like the afterwards, the coach saying like, you know, like basically I'm just not at that level and, and they're not going to move forward with me. And, and I just remember that walk back was just like, which was just, was just lonely. I walked to some random bus stop and I took the bus home. I called my dad and, and that was kind of like when I called it. And then that transition in terms of like getting into real world for me, I was just really kind of, I was grasping at straws, man. Like I, 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 I believe my, my first job was like a, a teller at, at Chase. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and for me, that was not something I, I, I boasted about just, you know, being a college graduate working, <laughs> working as a teller and, but like, you know, and, and I was finding just sort of, volunteering gigs until I finally made my way into, into human resources. But, you know, it was, it was, it was definitely like, just kind of like a reality check for me. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is kind of the real world. And it was, it was definitely a struggle for me. And I'm, I'm just curious with you, just because, you know, you kind of went through maybe something similar and then you, you try, you had one tryout and, 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 you know, an injury affected that. So, you know, kind of, after that, what was, you know, what was that kind of period like for you? And, and how did, how did that transition into, um, into possibly what you're doing now? Yeah. So exactly. Like you said, I had, um, one trial that was at IMG Academy, um, in Bradenton, Florida, um, USL combine, you know, I, we scrimmaged a few games. There were scouts there, obviously. And, you know, I just didn't play to my full potential. I was coming off an injury, hadn't run first practice session there. My calf pops, you know, I felt to go again. So I had to get a massage before every single game, you know, play with it wrapped. But after that, I just, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. I continued playing in like Spanish leagues, like in Flushing. So I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't like fully not playing soccer, but I wasn't getting closer to that goal. I was more drifting away playing, you know, poppy leagues, playing like, you know, park soccer. <laughs> and, you know, I would, there were just days where like, I didn't know what to do. Um, like you said, your first job was a, pink, a bank teller. My first job was a security guard. Yeah. You know, I, I worked security guard for three months and I was like, all right, this isn't like, I'm, I don't want to be a security guard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even though I ended up meeting Kendall Jenner, okay. uh, security guard, <laughs> had, had no idea who she was until that later that night, you know? Okay. But yeah, uh, you know, I was, I was security guard at like a, a fashion designer's building. Gotcha. Um, but, but no, you know, like it, it was, it was tough, you know, honestly, you know, I kept playing, you know, but. I just realized that, like, okay, now I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Um, There were days where I was like, you know, I would always keep thinking, you should have, why didn't you work harder in the summer? Hmm. Why didn't you decide to stay in Brazil? That was a big one for me, like I said earlier. Should have stayed there. But, you know, I I beat myself up over it until the point where I was like, it's not helping. You know, it's really not helping, beating yourself over it. You just got to move on and see see what life is going to bring you now. You know, it it, it was tough. It was tough because... My whole life, all I thought was soccer, soccer, soccer. Even when I went to Stony Brook, you know, going to classes, I was like, I don't care about, like, these classes. I want to be a professional soccer player. That's what I'm going to be. That's my goal. It's been my goal since I was a little kid. And um, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But 
Um, you know, I just kept to it, you know, worked as a security guard, did some like other few things, you know, worked as like a after school program, like soccer coach for some kids. Mm-hmm. And then my brother actually had worked at MSK for a few years. He was like, you know what, why don't you just um, apply to this job at the International Center? I did, got my interview and I've been there ever since. Yeah, and MSK being uh, Memorial mm-hmm. Sloan Kettering, correct? Yeah, Memorial Sloan, nice. Ke- Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. No, man, that's listen. I think it's um, you know, it's it's, it's always it's always tough when you when you. I, I feel like it, it hits you like a bag of bricks, and and you it really, really got like you really got to be like, all right, like what am I doing now? And 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 you won't know until so you try out different things, right? So there's no, you know, there's no shame in in admitting you know anything that's you know your journey or anything mm-hmm. that you've done to get to where you're at. So. You know, finally, my final question is, and and you've had, you know, you've had a, like I said, a, a great career. You've definitely had, you know, ups and downs and, and different things that you've had to deal with along the way, um, you know, not just uh, post-retirement and, and your post-playing uh, career, but also, you know, throughout your playing career as well. You know, when you, you kind of, especially you talked about that, that change from like sophomore to junior year and, mm-hmm. and dealing with that, right? So, you know, definitely, I'm sure that you've learned just just many lessons along the way, just in in terms of just soccer and the game. But you know, in terms of if there was one piece of advice about you know, like like sport retirement, the transition process, and this can be for you know for some athletes that are still playing right now at the prime of their careers, for for athletes that are um, you know maybe maybe a little bit younger, or or even for those that um, you know are, are thinking about the transition process, or or even have moved on from soccer, right? But if you just give like one piece of advice, maybe from from your experiences about sport retirement, the transition process, what do you think that one piece would be? Um, you know, I would definitely tell kids to always have a backup plan, you know, so that transition period is a little bit more simple. You know, just don't beat yourself up over it. You know, everything's going to be OK. Everyone has a path that everything, you know, you're going to find out what works for you, what doesn't. And, you know, if you miss it so much, just try to stay involved. Like right now, I still coach little younger kids, you know, so I'm still giving back to the soccer community, trying to help these younger kids um, develop and become who they, like, if they want to become, you know, play collegiately, professionally, you know, or even just like at a higher club level, have a backup plan, work hard, continue to, to do what you can um, in order to achieve your goals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I you know, especially that uh, I'll definitely emphasize that that don't beat yourself up because, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, you could really be your own worst enemy. Um, exactly. You, know, you literally that's, can. That's the truth. And 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 I've been in, 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 in situations like that and, and I've been in that place before. And it's it's um, it's it's definitely not not a healthy place to be in. So um, I think looking at the positives and, and like you said, just, um, you know, what's what's in a way what's meant to be will be. Right. So exactly. Um, yeah. Well, listen, Rafa, man, this was great, man. This is this was uh, it was so good to to catch up yes. with you, yes. um, and and to hear a little bit, hear a little bit more about uh, about your journey, man. Hear about the, yeah. the Stony Money origins, uh-huh. uh, the Kendall Jenner. Like anybody yes, that right? <laughs> anybody yeah. wanted to meet Kendall Jenner, like you know, apply to yeah. some security jobs at, yeah. a, at a fashion company or something then, like that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I really had I had no idea. Like, like I, I stopped her before she tried to go up the elevator. She just tried to walk right by, and I was like, like no. Like you need to sign in. And people who work there were like, "No, let her go. Like she's good." And I was like, "Who is that?" That's crazy. Yeah, man. Funny story, oh, man. Well, listen, I wonder man. if she remembers me. Yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, but Rafa, man, I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Really appreciate you just sharing your journey. Like you said, the you know some of the ups and downs, even even in your playing career, right? Which um which you is always tough to deal with a, as a player and 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 all the other things going on in life, especially as a college athlete. And I think. 
a lot of what what you went through, I think, will resonate with with a lot of people as well. So, um, really appreciate having you on, man. It was it was great to catch up. Yes, and, Greg, uh, thank you for having me, man. Thank you so much. I really I'll, appreciate it. This has been really soon, fun. Yeah. yeah, of course. Thank you. Tell your daughter say hello. Yeah, same, bro. Same. Yes. We'll talk. All right. Yes, sir. Bye.